Coming up on this week's episode, we begin by discussing how many routers is too many routers and what your local ballot initiative is really about. Then we get to the week tech news, including new emojis and the addition of Slack stories. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 289, recorded October 12th, 2020. Yes, on one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and where would we be without you? I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by two guys who apparently need more podcasts to listen to. It's Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Sean. I literally, I finished both of my long-term, like, binging from the beginning podcasts. And now I, I'm... You're lost. I'm in a... I'm in a uh, uh, a slump? No, that's not right. A drought? A podcast oh, drought, maybe? Go. Well, you yeah. know, we've it's not like we've picked any podcasts on the show before, so I don't know where you're going to get <laughs> no, any no. kind of ideas or suggestions. Although I did, um, I, I've talked about the Blank Check podcast, I believe, on the show before, which is a great um, film review podcast I like, but it got me to watch a movie the other day that I had never seen before, a classic film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Is that is there any affinity that's, for that movie? That's the half no, animated one, right? Yes. Oh yeah. It's a weird one. It's a very nice movie. It is very definitely bizarre, but Yeah. I definitely saw it when I was a child. I super don't remember what happens. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Worth worth a uh, worth a rewatch. I enjoyed it. Hmm. Anyway. Cool. Well, that's good. What's uh what's what's it's been a couple weeks? Uh, since we've, since we've been here, we had a bunch of, uh, really, I had a bunch of stuff going on. That's uh, my apologies. Um, too, too many movings. Uh, but, uh, but we're back. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, in my, my technology life is tumultuous right now. Oh. So recently my internet has been just a hot mess. And I think it's my Wi-Fi. And I cracked open the uh, the Wi-Fi the Wi-Fi Explorer tool that I got ages ago, a different time when my Wi-Fi wasn't working. And whoever I assume this to be a new development, but m- my neighbors, like on the other side of that wall, they might be listening right now. Um, their router, like. I don't even know how to explain what's happening. It's like it has, it's like four routers in one. Like there are four separate, like. You got your, uh, your family, family 2G, family 5G, (laughs) family guest 2G and family guest 5G. Well, that's the weird part. They're like three of three on, on each of the bands, right? There are four access points three of them are hidden like they don't have a name but they're there hmm. so they're like right next to me and it's also it's like an an x a x or whatever the it's like a new router and it's just like destructive like the the two like i can't use the 2.4 gigahertz like thing which would be fine except that all of the smart home stuff that connects to things use that like all the sonos use that like the Philips stuff all use that 
Um, so it's ruining my life a little bit. I mean, I think the answer is really simple. You've just got to line all your walls with tinfoil. That's true, or at least that one. Do you think that would work? <laughs> I'm sure that there is some... I, maybe it's not tinfoil, but I bet there is a material you can buy. I don't, maybe it's copper or something. I don't know, but I, I bet you could. Dan's Wait just like second. shaking his head at me. He's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't you move your Wi-Fi to broadcast on a different like channel? Yeah, and I did that, but it's uh, it it helped a little bit, I think. And I also I also set up like, well, at first I thought maybe I had too many devices on my Wi-Fi because I have like because your home working, is smart. Well, my home is smart, and now like working from home, I also have like four like test device things for work various and sundry like tablet devices um that have been for work reasons have been running like fully on 24 7 for two weeks now so i thought it was that at first i just assumed it was my fault but i, I don't think it is anymore my, my so my my other thought is like maybe like they haven't changed the passwords on their on their Wi-Fi and or their Wi-Fi's administrator screen so I could just like log in and Ooh. <laughs> I think that's some kind of cybercrime. I'm not sure. <laughs> that sounds vaguely illegal. Yeah. It I'm 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 almost certain that it is. See, now I have an idea that may make the problem either better or way worse. And I'm just not smart enough to know. But what if you got a bunch of small routers and just connected each, like you had one router for Sonos and you just connected the Sonos to that and you did that for all of your smart home stuff. So you couldn't, they're all going really through the hardwired more so than. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the, not the worst. No, no, idea. You can say it, it is the worst idea. That's fine. I mean, maybe like it might be fine. Like that might be better than what I have like uh, now. Yeah. I or the know. other thing is, can you some of your bigger, more powerful appliance uh, internet appliances? Can you hardline those in? Maybe that's the the problem is like the cable plug is in not like I would probably put the router in here, like next to my computer. Right, all things being equal, but sure. the cable plug is in the other room where where a TV would be, which is not a problem. Like, I don't suffer from a a cable TV affliction, but but many Americans do. <laughs> um, yeah, I could maybe I could also just like run Ethernet from there, like back up through the walls, or you could yeah move run the cable cable cable. Coax yeah. cable. There is a coax cable that comes out in my closet to the right here, hmm. but I've tried it before and it doesn't seem to work. It's not, you know, mm. so you got to find the, you know what you might, if you're feeling really handy is what you might be surprised. I learned this because the cable guy was here and I was talking with him. If you take the box out of the wall where your cable, when your cable comes into your living room, is it in a box that you screw into like a wall or does it just like a cable coming out? It's just like a cable. It's it's super inconvenient. Oh, it's like okay. the people had the TV mounted, so it's like one of those TV like power boxes uh, in the wall, and just like a coax cable pops out. 
but I want to hear this thing about the well because if you've got a wall plate somewhere that's a co where you can screw in a coax cable if you unscrew the box and pull the box out you might find a splitter right behind that box because usually that's so they don't bury it somewhere in the walls and you may be able to plug something in there or see if like a cable is loose and not plugged in that's what yeah. um i had a bad cable line in my house and the guy found the splitter it wasn't screwed in all the way right behind the box classic so i i had a hell of a time getting um because my cable hookup is also by the tv and i wanted it here in the office and the guy's like basically we comcast wouldn't run a cable uh, so I'm yeah. debating if I want to get Ethernet and run it up through the attic and down the wall. Um, I haven't decided yet, but that's that's always solved ever since. Because the desktop tonight, I'm on Wi-Fi in my house with the desktop here. Mm-hmm. And it's doing an okay job, but I have noticed my Wi-Fi has not been as great now that I'm trying to pump a lot of Internet through this, as well as the 40 other devices in my house. Yeah. Because I'm a goddamn lunatic. <laughs> so much. Which, by the way, we can Dang. talk about... I've added... At least six more smart home items just for moving here. So, yes. um, including two smart connected fans, three new wireless outdoor cameras. Um, what else? That's what immediately comes to mind, anyway. Nice. That's uh, don't don't do it. a lot. I don't. You I might don't have to it. get a second router too. Honestly, it, it's not, I have like considered it. That's why I, when I bought this router I have now, I paid extra for like a really beefy one. Uh, Cause I was like, I'm, it's no joke. It's like 40 plus devices. <laughs> that, that's not an exaggeration. I've looked. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't looked at the like max device rating for mine. Yeah. I'm scared to, I have four different uh, smart home bridges hard lined into my moat, into my router. Yeah. Four. That's four smart ecosystems running simultaneously. Never mind the ones that directly connect on Wi-Fi. So that's a lot of ecosystems, Sean. It's it's <laughs> man. It's so I'm I. It's too much. I don't know why I do this to myself. It's genuinely a problem. Genuinely. I have twenty two if you count all of the wired things. Seven wired, fifteen wireless. That's not too bad. That's a good ratio of wired to wireless. Yeah. One of, I. I can't believe I never thought of this before. Uh, I got a switch that I put in the TV console, and then I just run one Ethernet cable from the router to the TV, and then I can wire up all of the things in the TV. Great investment. Th- those little Ethernet switches, Ooh. and they're not that expensive. Um, a great investment. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yep. Man, now you got me thinking. Ooh, that's what we do. Now's the time for a project, Colby. I know. The the uh, interesting thing is there are like uh, whole list wall plates on the ceiling here, which I have mostly assumed they use for wall-, wall plates. Like it's like a wall plate, like for a plug or a light switch, but there's no hole. It's oh. just like a blank. And where like, where is it on the wall? Well, they're on the ceiling. Oh, they're on the ceiling. Oh, only in your living room or in the rest of the house? Well, they go down the hallway. Oh. I think so. I think what happened is they they had intended to put up more lights mm. in like the hallway because there are switches that are in the hallway that don't do anything. Um, but now I'm thinking like maybe I can get at the cable the cable wiring from there because it's got to go somewhere. Oh, check like, them out. They got, they got it over there somehow. Yeah, you never know till you look. Yeah. 
I installed eight lighting fixtures in this house um, over the past couple weeks. So I, I'm either, I've either gotten really good at wiring or this house is a death trap <laughs> and a huge fire hazard. Are you an electrician now? <laughs> Not even close. And I did screw up a couple of things where you go and you flip on the breaker and then the light still doesn't come on. And you're like, God, fans are very, I will say fans are very complicated. Um, cause you're adding that third line and that's a single pole versus a dual pole. And then of course I've got to have the Lutron smart wall switch so I can ask my smart home buddy to turn the fan on because I'm too lazy to do it on the wall, <sighs> but it works, but it works. My router has been up. I, I'm surprised to see this for 67 days. Wow. It's not too Good. shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, did we miss any any tech news? Wow, we have we have a bunch of links and just blank headlines. Yeah, I was lazy. I have no idea what any of these things are. Well, while you're reviewing that, Dan, there was something that uh, came up earlier that I know we wanted to discuss tonight. Colby wanted some details around uh, Massachusetts question one. Oh, right. And, the... and you'll have to explain this to me a lot oh, because okay. I don't live in the Massachusetts. <laughs> Your beautiful Massachusetts information for voters packet. I love that where they have like the pro and the con arguments. Yeah. I thought so. I read the Massachusetts voter information packet uh, about question one, which to me. So here's what I understand question one to be. Co cars all have computers in them now. Right. Yeah. So you can plug into the car and get like diagnostic information. But it seems that some of the diagnostic information is not available to a random person. So it's like locked down somehow and only the dealership computers can get at that information. And so question one mandates it seems to be framed as like a right to repair thing. Like you should be able to take your car to anyone you want to take your car to and they should be able to like you know, look at your car and do, do the things um, just like a dealership would. Um, and the, 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 I don't know, like the dealerships are like strong arming you and, into going to the dealership because they can like fix it better because other people can't access the data. Um, which seems fine to me. Like, I don't have a car. I've never been negatively affected by this. You don't have a car in this race? <laughs> no, no, sir. Cause they, I don't have a car in this race. Um, but then I, I, so I was, I must've been watching football or something. That's the only thing I've watched on TV lately, but I saw some, some, the, the both sides commercials for this. Oh, the commercials and, and they're hard to find online, but the commercials are just, mwah, they are beautiful. <laughs> uh, can I ask a, a, some quick background information questions yeah so you, what did you call this packet that you got oh the voter information guide they mail out every year uh to tell you who's going to be on the ballot how to vote and they always have detailed breakdowns of the different ballot initiatives yeah how, who like creates these these breakdowns like you said it has pros and cons of yeah so they give you the exact language of whatever amendment is proposed um and then they Basically, they pick a representative from each side. So in, in the case of question one, it's like the coalition for allowing repairs versus the 
whatever, you know, like the two official groups, the, oh, it's the Massachusetts Right to Repair Coalition and the Coalition for Safe and Secure Data. And they sort of, uh, each one has a representative who gives a, a couple paragraphs that says why you should or shouldn't vote for it. Interesting. It's a really helpful resource. Yeah, yeah. it really is. And they, they also give you like, they're like, Voting yes on this question means like this thing will be the case, and voting no on this question. Oh yeah, when means they always do those sneakies where it's like it's a case. good thing, but you have to vote no, you know, and they they right. do a good job of breaking that down. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So the I think the gist of this one is like the the proposed. Wait, wait. wait. Uh, one more clarifying question. So there are commercials that are basically the same thing. They're like video form of that brochure. Oh, no. no, no. These are political no. ads dan the best oh. kind. so it's basically let's if you talk about yes on one it's a lot of like i'm joe and i own joe's garage and you know the big guys are trying to, you know they're generally nice the no on one ads are my <laughs> favorite things because it's there is an ad i kid you not where it's like a bunch of like dark web hackers in like a warehouse somewhere and they're in like matrix lines are going by in the screen. Like it looks so goofy <laughs> and they're typing away while like there's a, an ominous narration hackers could get control. And then they cut to this like woman driving her sedan down the road and the hackers and the screens like connecting, connecting doo -doo -doo, and that's like you're in. And the guy's like, we got her. And then they hack her car to crash, which is not a thing. <laughs> But it's like this woman, like, she takes her hands off the wheel and the car just steers itself and you hear a crash sound and it's like, vote no <laughs> yeah, on is one. That, is that woman like a secret, like, CIA agent well, or something I, that's been targeted for political assassination? It's it's the most, and it's like the most generic looking woman who's like, you know, an average citizen. The, the, the dark web hackers will crash your car if you vote yes <laughs> on one. And it's so over the top. There's another one where it's a woman in a parking garage late at night walking it's like the one car in the whole parking garage and she's walking alone and the camera like is stalking her and it's like voting yes on one could give stalkers your private data vote no on one that she like they imply like something very bad happens to her it's so ridiculous but i do enjoy watching wow it. yeah i've never heard of this but in other places but i guess california has like these these big ballot initiatives yeah, in different uh, states, it's it's easier and harder, depending on your state, to get one on the ballot. In California, it's super easy to get one on the ballot. That's why. Uh -huh. okay. Yeah, you've probably right. heard of... So um, this question one is one of the top um, spending ballot initiatives in the country. About $47 million spent to date, basically split 50-50 uh, between pro and con. But you may know, Dan, uh, the number one most expensive ballot initiative, almost $200 million spent, is California Prop 22 which is the proposition around um, independent contractor, app-based drivers and contractors, uh, where, um, yes, uh, lists them as an independent driver and has uh, independent contractors with labor and wage policies. No, um, allows the California Assembly to decide whether or not, and that's basically the, the Ubers of the world want it to not pass. Right, and I saw that Instacart or someone was having their employees deliver, like, whatever, no or yes or whatever Uber wants pamphlets with their deliveries to people. Did you see that? Yeah, it's gotten really dirty. Uh, and, you know, I told you about $200 million has been spent, 194 total. 184 of that has been spent by the big guys to uh, in favor of um, against the bill or for the bill, whichever the bad yeah. one is. Um, it's been wildly outspent. 
Mm. Yeah, 184,000 in support. So basically what the law does is, is should it pass, um, it really gives the businesses the, the right to control how they, how they handle their drivers rather than a, a strict wage or anything like that. Strict rights. Okay. Um, but to circle back on, on question one, Colby, you basically have it right. Um, the big thing is back in 2013, uh, Massachusetts passed a right to repair law. Uh, that covered a lot of things. Uh, voters overwhelmingly approved it back then. Um, the Massachusetts law actually became the national standard. However, the law specifically excluded access to what is known as telematics, which is the diagnostic and repair information uh, that cars can send wirelessly straight to the dealer. Different. So it is legal now to plug something into the jack of the car and pull data from it. But the issue is there's all these new things um, there's a list in here of what telematics includes, but it's, um, it's things like collision data, um, just a bunch of stuff. Like, uh, it says, this article says about 50% of cars today wirelessly transmit data to the manufacturer. Um, and basically this law says, Hey, yeah. Um, uh, no, it doesn't say it here. Uh, it defines it as any system in a motor vehicle that collects information generated by the operation of the vehicle and transmits such information utilizing wireless communications. Basically, they just want access to the wireless data in addition to the data they can get from plugging it in. It's an expansion of the current law. Uh, now, that sounds good. Generally sounds good. Uh, what it would do is uh, vehicle owners would be able to access through a mobile application to get their car's telematics data. Uh, the mechanical telematics data. Uh, the law would require any car with the model year 2022 uh, and moving forward to give owners access. Uh, and then it would allow owners to give the repair shops access to their data. Um, now, uh, part of the reason about 25 million uh, coming from Ford, General Motors, Toyota to defeat it. Um, the big concern is the 2022 date. Um, 2022 miles are already being produced and a lot of the cybersecurity claims are around them having to turn it around quick. Not that it could never be done safely. Um, it's just the fact that they basically have to update all of the car's operating systems to allow outside data access, essentially very quickly opening up uh, cyber vulnerabilities. Cyber vulnerabilities. That's what this article says. I don't think that's a thing. Um, <laughs> the other issue is that, and you may have seen some of the no ads, they say, oh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said that there was danger around it. Well, their exact quote was that it requires vehicle manufacturers to redesign their vehicles um, and do so in a time frame that makes it uh, effectively impossible to do safely. Uh, you may have also seen uh, a California bill quoted, um, but this is much different than that, um, and it's much more limited. So... That's really your overall. Um, that's your overall scoop on question one. My personal opinion: uh, you should vote yes on one. You should also vote yes on two, but um, but certainly vote yes on one. But yeah, I wonder how how that would work. Like, how what would be the interface for giving access to a dealer? It's not like you could OAuth. It's not like signing in. Like, oh, sign in with Nissan. Like. That's kind of what they're almost suggesting. It says uh, that you would be able to give uh, one-time access or permanent access uh, to the data to your um, to your repair shop. So there would be some sort of state-run or third-party-run um, authorization system that holds the data. Uh, I don't know if it holds the data, but it certainly transmits the data um, and has um, access. Right, but that would mean that you're that the car companies would have to be always storing this data. Right. It's not like you would give access. And then when you 
you plug in a USB cable into the computer at the dealership. No, but I don't. I frankly don't know if they they might currently store that. I, I, you know, like I said, right now, what as far as I understand it, if you went to a Nissan dealer, they already have this data. Just ambiently, I, uh, you're going beyond my level of knowledge, but that's that's what was implied to I me. I would be very surprised because then, like, what does every car have a little cell phone connection in it that Nissan's just shelling out for? That seems like a lot of work. I think it's a mix of. That and cars are coming with LTE connections in them, uh, but it's also a mix of uh, local wireless. I mean, you roll into a dealer, and um, oh, okay, and and they can do it right on the spot. I see. Yeah. So, um, hmm. yeah, it's uh, again. I I think the the concept of it is good. The exact implementation is a question, but same with the 2013 law. Um, they amended it in 2014 um, and made changes to what passed anyway with the spirit generally the same. So, I wonder if it, like, I'm trying to think, how could you fit this into paradigms that people are used to? Because I don't think people, like, you can't, I, you can't ask people, maybe you can, but you can't ask people to create a Nissan account when you get your car. What happens when you sell the car? Like, I have a, how I have does a, that work? I have a Hyundai account. Yeah, but you didn't have to make one, right? Uh, to get access to the cool features you do. Like what? Well, it's a cool feature. Remote car starting. Okay. Fair uh, enough. You know, remote unlocking, any of that. But but my car has an LTE connection in it, or a satellite connection. I don't, I'm not sure which it is, but it does transmit data, because I can unlock the car from my phone. From anywhere. Right. You know? That's, that's what's being built, built into these cars. And so I'm sure... They're collecting data, God knows on what. Um, but that was the big thing. A lot of the the no people were like, oh, but it'll track your location and it'll track your... And this this um, the law is very specific that it is just these telemetrics about how the vehicle drives, not where it's driven. Right. Um, it would be cool if you could use your key. Like, if you if the key is like in the car then but then i guess anyone driving by could get it or something uh, honestly i think it would be easier if they just made the wireless data available through um a plug-in transfer i mean it's really it's really just what data right. they make available where right but is there a reason why you can't make like it what if this data was just always being transmitted and anyone could read it like what's the what's the downside there? Um, privacy. I mean that's that's a, that's another big no argument is your data could be sold to advertisers, um, <laughs> which I guess you know if yeah it, wait we need them we need to get them on some like anti Facebook ads or something. Oh hey, I, honestly, it's it's one of those. And again, the 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 um, no is sponsored by all the major vehicle manufacturers who track plenty of data and I'm sure sell it to ad companies already. So, and I don't think my local repair shop is going to sell my data to advertisers. Call me crazy. <laughs> you never know. It's a low concern. Yeah. That's if anyone wants to write in and tell me why, if, if it sounds like this data wants to be pretty non-identifiable anyways, like you can't really tell like anything about who someone is based on it. Like, what error codes and check engine lights are on and how much oil and gas is in the car. So 
or even how much mileage it is. It yeah, has it, on it. it says so. I, I tracked this down that says common features of telematic systems include collision notification, emergency assistance, roadside assistance, vehicle diagnostics, uh, and geofencing. And so, Geo. yeah, that's like uh, they have a feature now in cars where, like, if you give your car to your teenager, you can actually stop the car from going outside of a predetermined geographic area. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Seems dangerous. Well, no, I mean, it's not the car doesn't like suddenly like shut off when you cross the line. I think it just notifies you as the parent that they've done it or something. I, I don't see. I don't I don't know if there's actually like a. Like a physical stop, but that is a they have a lot of those kind of features for children now. Teenagers, I shouldn't call them children, but I think it is also like imagine if when you hit. I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I don't know. It's it, it's really you're not a lot of people. It is confusing because a lot of this hasn't. This is all new technology, where it's like, what could telemetrics be? Like I read roadside assistance, and it's like, well, then could I have the right to when I push the emergency button instead of calling Hyundai, it calls a local towing company I pre-authorize because they will now have access to that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, is OnStar still a thing? This oh, is yeah. all coming back to me. OnStar. OnStar. Well, I have a Blue Link is Hyundai's um, that does the same stuff Blue Link. where I have the emergency button in the car and I can pay them for the right to push the button and an operator answers and I say, can I get direction? She goes, sending directions to your car. And I'm like, I don't know why anyone would do that, but I can pay them for the right. <laughs> so you basically get like a Google Maps concierge. You, honestly, you do. <laughs> and and someone will, and because it uses the satellite phone in the car and it will call them and you can be like, can you find me a local restaurant? And they'll just like Google it on their computer and be like, oh yeah, there's a, a subway down the road. I'll send directions to your car. <laughs> and then it shows up on the car. It's very weird. It's very weird. I wonder where the, where their uh, responsibilities end. Uh, you know, that's a good... Could you get them to make a reservation? <laughs> Maybe that's what you do, Sean. You don't, like, don't, you don't need to buy get a personal assistant. You just uh, call hit your blue like up. <laughs> oh my God. Cause I'd be like, can you make me a dentist appointment? <laughs> Sorry. Are you driving? I, I think I hear music and some bacon sizzling in the background. Yeah. No, I'm totally in the car. That's just the podcast. I'm listening cook, to cook bacon in the car. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I will say, the, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say just the, the, I read I read the voter information packet. I was like, I think I understand this. I feel like this is a thing I'm in favor of. Like, let's do it. And then I watched TV and I saw that the 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 your car is going to be hacked and you know people are going to kidnap you or something remotely. And then I got worried. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, they are extreme. <laughs> And extremely great. And of course, what I love is they air them back to back. So they'll have like the scary ad. And then right after it's like, hi, my name is Danny. I'm the former uh, police chief of the city of Boston. I've read this law and I got to tell you, it's totally safe. And I'm like, but the ad before just said they were going to crash my car. I'm confused. Like One or both of you is lying. This I always say, you know, Presidential elections, I, I, whatever, ballot initiatives are where it's at. I love a good <laughs> ballot initiative. Because, again, if you have enough signatures and the courts determine it to be, like, an actual law that can be, like, implemented, uh, anything can be on the ballot. 
I, and I just, I love that about our country. I was reading, so I was a total dork. I read all of the ballot measures from across the country. There's 150 <laughs> of them that are going to be on the, on the ballot. Most of them are really boring, but um, there were a couple on here I thought that were a treat. There's more than one state that it, uh, is changing. This is one of those like old laws on the books they're updating, but apparently in some states it's still legal to have slavery or indentured servitude uh, as a criminal punishment. Now, again, they don't hmm. use it, I don't think, but they are finally taking it off of the um, off the books. Yeah. Which yeah, is it seems upsetting. A, seems about time. Um, the uh, uh, Several states are doing uh, marijuana, either straight recreational or uh, medical. Uh, Colby, you'll appreciate Rhode Island. You know Rhode Island's question one? Yeah, to remove the in Providence plantations from from the the official state name. Yep, that is absolutely right. How, do Do you have any uh any polling on this? Any feeling as to if this is going to pass? You've got your boots on the ground. Yeah, Colby knows like <laughs> half the people in Rhode Island. I, right? <laughs> I did. Uh, I did talk to my parents about it briefly, and and. My my mom's main concern was them having to like the cost of having to like redo all the state insignias across the the <laughs> I don't know <laughs> across the state I guess I don't know it sounds like they're having budget troubles in Rhode Island too so you know as everywhere is but well I. I I I think I understand why they want to remove the plantations part. I don't know if it, it, I I don't know if there is that kind of plantations in Rhode Island's history, but it's entirely possible that that that, that there were. But I think it w- I think they should replace it with something else so Rhode Island can remain the smallest state with the longest name cuz that's Yeah, I was going to say maybe you could save money by just replacing it with another word so you don't have to change like the the way that the words are set. Well, what about you what could about, just put like a little whiteout sticker over it, or just change it to like Providence Plantains, <laughs> Ooh. or something? You know, just close enough. Yeah, find like a really dope Mexican <laughs> Pro- restaurant in Providence. Providence PlayStations. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> to get it sponsored by uh by Sony, like. The state of Rhode Island, the the Sony state of Rhode Island and Providence PlayStation. Well, I will say, according to Ballotpedia, uh, nobody has spent, uh, or I should say, there's hasn't been a single dollar spent in favor, in favor or opposed to it. So, well, we could change that. <laughs> should we launch like a twenty dollar ad buy? Be like big, big corporate money's flowing in from Don't Panic LLC. <laughs> Our, our dark money slush fund uh, account. <laughs> like, when did they start meddling in politics? Um. All right. Well, guys, that's what's going on around around the country and in your state. Um. But there is some tech news in here. Uh, is there anything in particular you guys would like to start with um, from this long list, a multi-week list of stories? Um. We sort of cooled down from our big announcement run we had there. Anybody at all? Anybody with an opinion? Sorry, I have to look at all the tabs. Oh, no, I, I didn't give my clever, <laughs> clever descriptions. It's okay. New emojis. 
I don't know. Oh, I like the emoji with the the glasses and the nose, like the nose glasses. That's funny. Oh, the Groucho um, Marx glasses there. Yes. I did you guys know that in iOS 14 you can search emojis now uh-huh. in the iOS emoji keyboard? Very helpful. Amazing. Well, they keep adding Stu- them. There's too many. I'm going to be honest. It's it's getting it's getting annoying. Well, yeah, that was I mean, it's been annoying for years. But the uh yeah, that was something that should have existed a long time ago, but I'm glad it's here now. Have you guys ever used the feature in iOS where it like turns the word orange and you can tap it to turn it into an emoji? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Uh, rarely. It's not like intuitive. It's not yeah, the way I, I expect yeah, the I don't, feature to work. I don't find it helpful. If I'm being honest. Well, do you know what we're talking about? No. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's when you're if you type out a message in iMessage, probably in other apps too, and then you click on emojis, a bunch of the words will turn orange if there's an emoji they think. So if like if you type the word cake, it'll turn orange, and then if you tap it, it'll change it into the emoji of a cake. Yeah, I've never used that. Yeah, it's not helpful at all. No, it's not not how I roll. I do type in the word and then pick the uh, the the like suggestion emoji sometimes just oh in the the like the thing above the keyboard yeah like the autocomplete uh yeah you mentioned other new emojis include uh a bison a woolly mammoth uh gender neutral santa uh a realistic heart and lungs um, a dodo bird uh a roller skate a plunger, um, a saw, a Russian nesting doll, some logs, um, among others. A worm. Yeah. Cool. Get it's excited. Wild. 14.2, coming soon. Wild. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. What else do we have here? Slack's going Discord. Yeah, I thought I, I actually thought this was an interesting discussion because this is one of those ideas I'm not sure if it's good or not. So Slack announced a couple new features coming soon to a Slack near you uh, before the end of the year. Two main features. The first is Instagram-like stories uh, because if every app doesn't get stories, it's not a real app. Um, Slack sees the video snippets as a way for remote workers to check in and provide status updates or to set the daily agenda for a team. Um, I like how Slack CEO said, quote, it's very much like Instagram stories or Snapchat stories, but in Slack. <laughs> I mean, dude's being honest. Um, you know, instead of having a 15-minute daily stand-up meeting, uh, can we record a quick video um, that just does whatever the announcements are uh, and having them disappear later? Um, as you mentioned, they're also adding uh, push-to-talk or instant audio um, where there are, kind of like in Discord, there will be audio channels where people can jump in and out of... Um, uh, where and people can see who's chatting uh, within them. That's cool. I think the stories idea is really interesting. Yeah, I super don't want to be making like producing videos for my for my. But but Colby, stand-ups. would you rather sit in the standup and do this or do it or just watch the videos? Text, text. I, know, I would. I know. Say. But give it if you had to choose between those two options. 
Mm, I guess I, w- I guess I would rather do this than. I would have guess. so much fun with these. As a manager, I would have so much goddamn fun with these. I would do one every, even though I, even though I sit an arm's distance away from my team, I would do <laughs> one do every it. day in like costumes and like with themes, and I would be, I would have so much fun with these. Mm. I like, I think I like the idea of the the push to talk like audio rooms more because yeah. I think, I think like the. Having like setting up calls is really annoying, and also being on video is is annoying and unnecessary most of the time. I think. Mm-hmm. So, I think it could be nice. I would be interested to try that. Well, that was. I mean, I've used Discord, but in in less professional contexts. I mean, that was the one thing I was really happy to get back when I went back to the physical office. Was the pop by someone's desk that I felt never really got properly replaced with. Oh my God, this fucking cat Um, with, with work. (laughs) It's just like, uh, I never felt got replaced well with technology. So anything that allows the, I, I'm the stop by, are you enjoying the, the show here? Oh, I thought that you had a shelf behind you for a second. No, he discovered a couple like a couple months ago that he could, that I he could use me as a jungle gym, climb up me, and then sit on top of the chair, um, and he'll just he'll just chill up there um, until until I get up because he's wow. a lunatic. Um, but I'm totally I'm totally the guy who just pops by your desk. Hey, Dan, what's going on, man? What's 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 a good How's word? How's the weekend? Oh my man. Hey, look. Hey, while I'm oh. here, uh, can you do yeah. me a favor? That's can i get those tps reports that's right that's right people and then they get what i love to do is because that's usually when you do that you need something but i do love being the guy like i don't need anything i was just walking by i just want to say hi keep up the good work and just nice i'm really beloved nice subverting expectations you know you gotta you gotta surprise them and now i have this terrible habit at work where i call everybody mr or miss <laughs> Mr. Colby, what's going on? And I, I actually do that like a total idiot. <laughs> uh, so I like the idea of manager Sean. Oh, it's it's so gross. It's so gross. I I wouldn't recommend it. So but what about that? Like, what specifically were you missing? The social interaction, the ability to just get things done at any time. The, it's the it's the it's the quick answer is what it is and it's because mm-hmm. I, and I think it's just because my company and the people I work with aren't as tech so they can't like to ping them on teams a lot of them don't even know to look there and so mm-hmm. um really the fastest way to get answers a lot is just to go by their desk um or it is something like you said where you would need audio where it's like text isn't really the best way to do it. They're not equipped to express ideas that way. And so um, I think if there were some sort of, if people were trained and comfortable enough with like a quick drop in room type thing, I think that would work. But in my company, it's like, you really just can't, it's very hard to replace the, the pop in. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely like, I talk to way less people than I used to talk to. No lunch. No seeing people when they walk by. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, um, on that fantastic note, uh, <laughs> let's see what else is in here. We got time for another story or two. Um, we can certainly we talk about a bunch of the hardware Google announced. We can talk about Microsoft. Uh, speaking of working from home, uh, moving employees pretty much always work from home. Or we can preview the Apple event tomorrow. Whatever. Or talk about none of yeah, let's them. Talk, let's talk the Apple event. Let's talk the Apple event as usual. Uh, we had a hot streak where they were on Mondays for a while, and um, for whatever reason, they've decided to keep tricking us by doing them on Tuesdays. Um, Apple's next fall event called High Speed. Get it? H-I comma speed. Um, it will be 10 a.m. Pacific tomorrow. What can we expect? Um, well, we went through last month's event, Apple Watch and iPad, so we're probably not going to hear anything on those, but iPhones. It's what we're expected to see. The iPhone 12 lineup. Um, expected to get a whole new design with flat edges, uh, perhaps similar to the old, uh, the new iPad Pros or even the old uh, iPhone 4 and iPhone 5s. Um, with theoretically four new models, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. A 5.4-inch model, a 6.1-inch model, a higher-end 6.1-inch model, and a high-end 6.7-inch model, which would be the largest iPhone ever made. Um, the big upgrade and potentially that reference to speed would be 5G support. Um, and even they think in the U.S. they could even support sub-6 gigahertz 5G, which is the, the faster uh, version of 5G. Also expect to have OLED screens, um, potential names, iPhone 12 mini, iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, they also talked about uh, re re uh, turning to MagSafe charging tech. Um, introducing an iPhone case and wireless chargers with built-in magnets, um, potentially the return of air power a little bit, some some uh, charging mats, though they wouldn't be sort of place anything anywhere mats, um, as well as iOS 14.2. Uh, and quickly, and then we can talk about it, uh, a smaller HomePod may be in order, um, similar to the uh, Echo, you know, the smaller Amazon Echo could be uh, $99, bucks, um, uh, the HomePod Mini, also working on high-end over-the-ear headphones um, as well. Um, and then um, AirTags is a big question mark. I've seen rumors both ways. They're delaying it or they're going to announce it. Who knows? We've heard about that for a while. Um, Apple TV is a big question mark. No one really knows. And we probably won't see the first ARM-based Macs. Uh, they think there'll be a November event for that. So what do we think, guys? Is, is there anything in particular we're excited for? Anything we want to see? Anything we don't care about? I'm not that excited about this event. Like, I think the only thing we know for sure is iPhones, and I can't imagine that the iPhones are that exciting. Of that, I think I'm most excited about is uh, MagSafe. Although, maybe the design will be new. Maybe that'll be exciting. Uh, I was most looking forward to, like, Apple over-the-ear headphones and AirTags, but... I don't know if the AirTags are ever going to come out at this point. <laughs> what are AirTags again? Uh, that's, that's the, the ultra-wideband chip uh, uses sort of like Tile, um, the, the little tags oh, you attach right. to stuff to locate them. But it's so much better because there's like some UIs leaked and it showed that it'll pinpoint it in space. So you can hold your camera up in your living room and it will show you where your AirPods are. Yep, that's, that's that. That's want. that U1 chip. It's uh, hot, m way more accurate than Bluetooth. Very cool. Maybe. Hypothetically cool. 
I'm not excited about AirPod or HomePods because I'm not going to get one right now. I, they got to make Siri better before I'd even vaguely think about purchasing a HomePod. I mean, Siri <laughs> is a good so speaker. bad. And by the way, I think Siri is worse in iOS 14. And maybe oh, that's no. just me. I have issues um, activating and deactivating. Like, once she's up and running, it's one thing. But um, even just to, like, start up Siri, it's I don't find it works as well. Mm. I've not been happy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would consider HomePod if it's on if it runs on the five gigahertz Wi-Fi band. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Is that like your new requirement oh. for stuff? <laughs> it might be. I would love. I would pay serious my day if you go into like a Best Buy and be like, "Excuse me, does this run on the five gigahertz spectrum?" Just to like watch the Best Buy employee meltdown because there's no freaking <laughs> way they know that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was going to say, yeah, the the 5G stuff, like, the other thing that's confusing to me is why Apple would call this event high speed. Uh, like, so we've seen the, uh, the, whatever the new chips are called in the iPad Airs, and they're faster, but then it's not like, it's not something you'd name your whole event after faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one can use 5G. Certainly not the super fast 5G. Even the 5G that you can get in like select cities with Verizon and T-Mobile, isn't it like the worst 5G? It's better than 4G, but yes, it is. It is. I think even less than half of what full 5G can offer. So that's yeah. I'm confused about that. Uh, and then none of the other things that they that are on offer have anything to do with speed at all. Uh, I well, I guess you could argue that the air tags make finding things faster. Yeah, and that you, 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 I don't know. You identify things. You say hi, hi, speed, AirPods. There you are. Um, yeah, I agree. I think five G's whack. I, I think it's confusing for consumers, and I don't think it's a reason people will upgrade because you're right; they can't get it. I'm excited about the design because I do think the new iPad, the iPad Pro, looks really nice with that flat mm-hmm. edge design. Um, yeah. And if they do a good job of putting it on the iPhones, that's exciting to me. Because I did like mm-hmm. the old iPhone 4 and 5 with that sort of stainless steel band around it. Yeah, yeah with the bezel. That was good looking. What's confusing to me is why there are four friggin' models of this thing. That's crazy to me. That's so confusing <laughs> to the average consumer. And what possibly could you do between the 6.1 inch and the high end 6.1 inch to make them like. It's the same thing with the Apple that, Watch, where it's the, the 5, the, the SE, and the 6, where you're like, why would I get the 6 and not just the... You know, it's like they, they're creating way too many options with not enough delineation between them. It, it's, it's baffling to me. Um, so I'm curious if they can really sell the difference. Yeah. I have no idea. I'll be getting a new phone because I subscribe to my phone. I, I have my phone same. subscription, so... Same. I gotta find out. I, I got my company phone. I gotta see if uh, what my what our upgrade policy is. Um, yeah, yeah. It's the worst year in some ways to get a new phone because, like, what do I? Need? The the big reason to get a new phone each year is better battery life, at least temporarily, and that doesn't really matter because I never leave my house. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I like my phone constantly operates like. 
between like 10 and 30 percent battery and like when it gets down to 10 i usually throw it on the wireless charger for like 20 minutes and it gets back up to 30 (laughs) what are you guys doing that's that's what my life is now oh my god uh so what phones do you currently have 11 pro same okay yeah then i don't other than the 5g i don't but you might in New York City, usually they test a lot of this stuff. So Yeah, I think there exists 5G in New York City. But New York City is also not typically the place. At the same time, like it'll be one of the first places to get it eventually, but it's usually not the first place mm. because it is one of the worst places for cell service in, in a lot of ways uh, because of all the buildings. It, it's like trying to have cell service... Uh, in the Grand Canyon, if there's six Grand Canyons laid up against each other. So basically you're saying New York is like a big hole in the ground. I agree. (laughs) It's Um, a series of big holes in the ground (laughs) laid out in a grid, put that in a billboard. Um, well, this will be exciting. Um, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week, obviously to cover all the exciting announcements and you can find out what we ordered, which is always, Mm -hmm. which is always a hoot. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm, there's going to be a lot of curious things and many that uh, many that apply to us. So we'll see. Uh, guys, why don't we move on to picks? It's the part of the show where each of us brings something cool we want to share with the broader dregs of society. Um, and right now, Dan's the only one with something in there. So I guess by default, he gets to go first. Um, I, I heard about this game called Hades a while ago. Maybe, uh, maybe not a while ago. I heard about it recently, and I was going on vacation, and it looked like it was a game that you could play. Uh, was it multiplayer? It didn't need like a big screen, and you could just play it for a little bit. Uh, and I picked it up, and it's super, super fun. It's a roguelike game, so what that means is that you just play the game over and over again, and you're not meant to win. Each time you play it, like something from your previous attempt persists. Uh, so, and th- this game is called Hades because it takes place in like Greek mythology, and you're the son of Hades trying to escape from the underworld. It's supposed to be impossible. And the thing that really sets the game apart is the art style is really beautiful. It's like you're in some kind of cool comic book thing, and you are like surrounded by like classic Greek. Greek uh, mythology melodrama uh, that you're kind of thrown into and you piece together as you play the game uh, over and over again. So like you you play the game and you die, then you go and you talk to your mom and you go, you talk to Hades, you go to talk to Achilles is there for some reason. Uh, it's cool. It's a lot of fun. And you can just play it for five minutes and then put it down and then pick it up. Uh, it's a good waste time game. Uh, Hades on Nintendo Switch and it's on Steam, I think. And I think that's it. Uh, according to the website, it's also available on the Epic Store and the Nintendo eShop. There you go. So, very cool. Hades. Check it out um, wherever you get games. Uh, oh, and uh, the gameplay, I should have said this. The, the way you actually play the game is like, you get these different weapons and you just run through rooms and you press buttons and like slaughter demons and stuff uh but it gets pretty crazy like the, as the levels go on it gets harder and harder and there are these like boss fights which are pretty involved so it ends up being a lot to keep track of 
but it can also be a little mindless. And and even if you don't make it that far, it's that's fine. You'll get something out of it that you can use in your next your next run through. Awesome. Well, check that out. The link will be on the website. Colby, what do you have here? This is right up my alley. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on the show before. I really like Minesweeper. That's my favorite uh, Windows 95 classic game. Better than the Abominable Snowman free ski? Free? I mean, that that one's pretty fun, but I still... uh, I can play more Minesweeper than than the Abominable Snowman game. Okay. Um, but recently, I don't remember where I saw this. I don't know how, but it, it found its way to me. It's called Minesweeper. It's basically just a really nice Minesweeper clone for the iOSs and also the Mac. Um, it's like it's just really nice. It's fun to play. It, there's no like there are other um, you know I've tried to play other iPhone. Minesweeper versions and they were just kind of like crappy like they look exactly like the Windows 95 one this is like slightly stylized to look a little bit less gross Um, but it's nice it just works really well I think they have an ad supported one but by default it costs like $199 it's $2 and then you can just play as much Minesweeper as as you want so are you playing on, on mobile or on the desktop uh, I have done both, but I mostly have played on my phone. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. There is a 1 million percent chance I'm going to download that. Yeah, you should. It's good. It's like, it's a little addicting. I do get stuck in my phone sometimes playing it. But That is the exact kind of mobile game I like. That's awesome. Minesweeper available for Mac or iOS. Awesome. Um, all right, I will go last. Uh, guys, this may be the first ever pick that's like a, eh, pick? Um, I heard an ad on a podcast, and so I bought something. <laughs> Huge mistake. Don't do that. Uh, Ritual. It's it's a it's one of those you know there are all those like cheesy startups that are like we're reinventing blank. You know it's like for the mattresses. You know they had the this is reinventing multivitamins. And I said I've always wanted to take a multivitamin, but I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> and so they claim they've got fancy multivitamins. They got all traceable nutrients, non-GMO and all that, and they'll send you a bottle to in the mail every 30 days, and it's specially designed for men and all that. And the pills look really cool, except they're kind of giant gel caps, but they got all, they got all these little mini balls in them and gel. It's very neat. I, I've been taking them for like two or three weeks now. I, I can't prove they're working. It's one of those vitamin <laughs> things where it's like, it's, you're not supposed to feel like a million percent better. Um, but I do, I do take them. And so there you go. That's rituals. <laughs> Maybe pick is a stretch. It's a thing I purchased. <laughs> Use at your own risk, but it was very easy I, to buy and they just mailed them to me and they're very cool. So I like their, uh, their tagline on the top of the website is, is the future of vitamins is it's clear. clear. Uh, it's so, it's so, it's all marketing. Like these are sugar pills for all I know. It's so hard to prove <laughs> that these are anything. But it was like, it's so gimmicky. I'm like, I have to try this. Um, and the fact that they mail them to me every 30 days, which is the only way I'm going to remember to to take them. Um, oh, and what's also nice about these is there are a lot of vitamins you're really only supposed to take in the morning um, because they don't digest properly. 
you don't want to digest them overnight. And these, they claim, and that's I take them at night, uh, they claim they're slow release, so they're safe to take whenever. So, so there you go, ritual.com, try it at your own risk. We, we, we do not make any medical guarantees here on the program. Um, all right, guys, anything else here this evening? We are no. so good at ending at that right at that one hour mark. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, these podcasts, I listened to a podcast the other day that was three hours long <laughs> because I'm a lunatic. It was uh, actually it was blank check doing, uh, they're doing Robert Zemeckis. So they did uh, back to the future, a three hour back to the future episode. It was very good. I learned a lot, um, but we're always right on that one hour mark though. I am going to stretch it out a little bit uh, to remind everybody of up for debate. We also haven't done a couple weeks of episodes over there because of my move. Our last episode was the uh, cookie taste off. Um, but we're back this week, and Matt, on his own, unrelated to the show, created a uh, October bucket list of sorts of like movies and books and places he wanted to and things he wanted to do in October with all with a spooky theme. So he's going to share his list with me. I haven't seen it, and we're going to do some of the things on the list. So um, Spooktober is here. Uh, and you should join us over at upfordebate.tv. Um, and eventually I will get my rain check on my final week of Sean-tober, which I did not get. Um, now, speaking of the cookies, Sean, I never, I don't think I ever got an answer. Did you try the frozen Oreos? No, because I forgot about that and then got rid of the cookies. So unfortunately I did not, oh. I did not try it. I'm not a big Oreo guy in general. So I had, I had that big box of cookies. And I was kind of like picking and choosing what I should keep. Um, and that didn't make the cut. So next time, next time, next time, next time. I'll stick with my. I'm a sucker for the chip witch. Uh, your 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 ice cream cookie <laughs> sandwich. So that that to me, that's the frozen Oreo right there. Oh God, I want that. Could right you now. could you imagine if they made like a frozen Oreo where it's the Oreo cookie, but instead of frosting in the middle, it's just a little bit. But it's like the size of an Oreo, but it's got just a little Ooh. bit of ice cream in there. That's a good that idea. That would be good. I would. Eat that, that would be good. Um, already well uh, of course our website is dopepack.io go there we'll have links to all the picks and all the past picks too uh, as well as all the episode information of course you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts or on all the major platforms video on YouTube as well and of course email us dopepackshow at gmail.com and tweet at us at dopepackshow that's going to wrap it up for this week we're going to be back next time with all the details around that big Apple announcement high speed we'll be there with bells on uh, but on behalf of Colby and Dan I'm Sean thanks for being here we'll see you next time for yet another Don't Panic This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.